A few years back, uh, Kia introduced its first uh, premium SUV. Now, Kia is a, uh, a value price brand, and they were looking for a way to uh, reflect the sort of the DNA of their Challenger brand culture with the uh, into the Telluride launch. They used a great line as part of the launch, and it was the car built for the rest of us. And this line sort of uh, reflected their observation that in culture, there's a tendency for uh, culture to be focused on the rich and famous, and popularity is driven by whether you're a celebrity or by the amount of fans you have. And that is a, a big piece of culture that many brands latch onto, and they sort of create this aspirational lifestyle around these sorts of uh, cultural triggers and uh, culture triggers. So um, uh, Kia, being a brand that's a more value price brand, was sort of responding to its target and its target's general sense that they don't really see themselves in this idea of rich and famous. They don't see their values reflected in that. So the line that the car built for the rest of us was sort of a signal to them that this was a car and a brand that reflected their point of view on the world. They centered the campaign and the launch of the campaign uh, around their plant in a, uh, in a little town in Georgia called West Point. The West Point was, uh, grew up as a kind of a, uh, a mill town, and it lost tens of thousands of jobs during uh, the uh, years when many of these jobs and manufacturing jobs, et cetera, uh, were shipped overseas. So this entire city or this town was decimated until the Kia plant came to town. So the backstory on this campaign is the uh, celebration of those that they label the unknowns. And these are the people who are not celebrated or don't see themselves as celebrated in culture. They're not held up as reflective of a set of values that everybody should aspire to. And, um, and this was Kia's nod to, those, to the importance of those values and the importance of those workers to not only the Kia plant, but to the American society overall. Now, the launch of this campaign happened around the Super Bowl, and there was a great contrast that was struck between the sort of gratuitous commercialism of what was happening 81 miles away from this small town of West Point, Georgia, uh, when the Super Bowl was happening in Atlanta. So this is the story of the Telluride, and it is the car built for the rest of us. Welcome, Laura Foreman, Chief Strategy Officer, David and Goliath, a great agency in Los Angeles. Good to have you here. Good to be here, Fergus. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, there, for those who don't know, David Angelo sort of was, I think he was, was he the founder or was he a co-founder of the agency back in the day? He's the sole founder. And he, uh, he came out of some uh, great agency background. And I think it was always a great, I always remember that name because it was a great uh, challenger brand that had a great reflection of the attitude of the agency, which was this sort of challenging convention and the uh, smaller brands, the challenger brands taking on the Goliath. So David was David Angelo and Goliath was the, was the institutional enemy, sort of, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. What I love about David is he says, you know, David and Goliath is a strategy. The name is a strategy that says who we are, which, which is funny because I, I actually, oddly enough, it's funny, I'm a strategist, right? But I never really thought about it because to me, David and Goliath was just an agency name, right? Because it's been around, it's an institution, it's been around for 20 years now. And then I get there and he's like, 
no, it, it's a strategy. It's really who we are. It's what we believe in. It's what, and frankly, it's what attracted me to the agency when I got there and I got to really understand its ethos. So when you think about, when you think about David and Goliath being sort of a challenger brand, it's the perfect thought to lead into the conversation of Kia and, and the idea you guys developed, which is the car built for the rest of us, which in, is in, of, in essence a challenger statement. So everything about this, this whole conversation is kind of rooted in that challenger brand ethos. It is. I mean, that's really, I think, you know, you know, David helped, you know, David launched the brand, right? You know, David, uh, David and Goliath. And it's, it's who Kia is, you know, they just really, they came to the country about 26 years ago with just two, two car models, right? Um, And they had this dream of being one of the most respected car companies in America. So, you know, it is the classic car, you know, story of the underdog, right? You know, kind of unknown, outspent, and um, they also um, had to rely on what they knew, how to be a challenger. I don't know if this is common knowledge for all the people listening here, but they're owned, 33% owned by Hyundai. So Hyundai, Hyundai Motor owns Kia. So are they both uh, Korean brands? Yes, yes, they are now, yep. And so how, you know, because we, we always love to talk about the sort of the context of the portfolios and, and when you think of basic brand management in a portfolio, are there things that, that Hyundai uh, does that Kia just can't touch by virtue of, of it being sort of the big brother and therefore it's sort of, um, and, and, and in not being able to do those things, it actually frees you up to do some other cool things that Hyundai can't do. But we also just kind of, there's just an ethos to Kia, right? There is a, um, a challenger spirit um, that they have that's different than the Hyundai brand. My understanding is that Hyundai had perceptions of, of uh, quality challenges back in mm-hmm. its day. And in order to get over that, it, one of its major initiatives was the, was the 100,000 mile warranty, which kind of gave reassurance to buyers that this was this company was going to stand behind this car and it really seemed to turn them around Uh and so i'm wondering with kia who historically has faced similar perception issues around quality were there uh, are there um are there things that it had to do and could you tell us a little bit about that background well yeah i mean it, it certainly does face the same issues right because you know they've traditionally been a a value brand um, you know, they, they've, they've fought those perception issues too. Um, despite it's funny, you know, Kia for the past five years in a row has ranked, um, number one in JD powers initial quality study. Um, so, but yet people still don't believe them to be a, a quality brand. So they consistently fight that perception. Um, and so, you know, one of the things, you know, that, um, we have to do as part of our, you know, communications is to, you know, um, uh, change that in some way. And that's what really, what we were fighting when we were starting to launch, you know, the Telluride. Um, that was one of our, you know, what we were looking at, because here we are trying to launch a, a new premium SUV uh, two years ago and facing, you know, with a value brand. And so how do you reconcile that? And so how did you reconcile that? Well, you know, you know what, what you do, you know, you roll up your sleeves as strategists and you go out and you, you, you do some, some market research, right? So you go and talk to people and kind of say, hey, 
what is it about this vehicle? You know, what do you think about it? What resonates with you? Um, how is this different? How can we talk about it? And so, you know, we worked closely with Kia Research and their marketing teams to, um, to, to share the, this new vehicle with them um, to find out what, uh, what resonated with them. So with, 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 uh, in the case of the Telluride, was that the first sort was that the first SUV in the portfolio or was it the first sort of full-size SUV? Um, what's funny is it's, it, it's, believe it or not, it's, I, I feel like it, when you go there, when you, when it stands, when you, it's in front of you, it feels like a full-size SUV. It's actually classified as a midsize. Um, it's got three rows, um, but it's stance, right? It's, it's presence feels very large. When you think about the brand reputation of Kia that was present when you were planning on introducing the Telluride, how would you summarize that in just one or two sentences? Uh, it was, you know, it was a challenge because the brand new reputation was that it was value. It's a value brand. Um, you know, it's not necessarily usually on everyone's consideration list. Um, people, if they're looking at SUVs, they're looking at, you know, your Toyotas, your Hondas, um, you know, Subaru, right? Um, you know, the, the tried and true. Um, you know, SUVs say something about you. Um, if I'm going to get a Kia, what does that say about me? You know, it's especially a premium SUV. It's not established. Um, right. It says that, you know, something that I could afford. Were you sort of targeting this, this uh, Telluride at a completely different audience than the, uh, the core of the Kia uh, uh, buyer? Yeah, I mean, you know, normally, you know, the Kia tracks, you know, people that are, you know, the, the, what we call the 99%, right? And so, you know, you, when you're looking at a premium SUV, you're going to start to attract, you know, a higher income, um, a different kind of uh, target that, you know, is not normally attracted to Kia. Is it the higher end of that same market attitudinally that you're now getting them to reconsider it? Or is it a completely different market in terms of, uh, in terms of psychographics and demographics? Obviously, it's a more expensive, it's a premium brand. But were you saying to people that were sort of these emerging dreamers that, that this is a brand that, can, that you can stay within? I think that what we found in the clinics that we're doing is that the Telluride, even though it was, you know, this, this, this beautiful car, you know, it, we were still attracting the same kind of the same, what I'd say, you know, the same like-minded mindset, right? Um, they were, these were people who, you know, work hard to get to where they were, they were in life. You know, they were a bit scrappy, they were gritty. Um, they weren't the bragging type, but rather, you know, underestimated under the radar, like you, like you're saying, dream chasers, you know, just like Kia. So we weren't trying to attract a new total psychographic, but really, you know, keeping to the same people that really um, had liked Kia in the first place. So many brands are, are built around uh, aspirational lifestyles that are out of reach for most people, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the other side of it is that so much about, about life isn't celebrated. And, and this is what I loved about what you guys did is you sort of recognize that, that, that there are so many, uh, there, is, there is such a massive mass percentage of, of uh, folks in the U.S. who aren't celebrated, Right. And yeah. uh, their their lifestyle isn't viewed by popular culture as being aspirational. 
it's almost viewed in certain in certain ways as being sort of looking looking to the past rather than looking to the future. So I'm wondering in your research, did you sort of discover that there was this opportunity to to uh, to celebrate something other than what's celebrated in popular culture? A hundred percent, and and you know just just listening to the target talk about their lives, right, and talk about how hard they work. And then what's interesting too, you you go out and then you look into culture and you look into see you know we're, we're mostly celebrating the rich and the famous, right? And I just felt, or you know, we felt that there was this huge disconnect. A lot of us are afraid of being left behind, and you know, consumer culture celebrates this kind of this baller, especially a lot of SUV culture, you know, celebrates this kind of baller lifestyle. Um, but what about the rest of us? You know, where are the things being made for us? And so, you know, and we really saw this as an opportunity, you know, where, you know, Kia has always made vehicles for everyday people, you know, including the Telluride. The Telluride's no different. It's just a premium vehicle, um, you know, the, the most premium SUV they've ever made. Yeah, I think when I, when I first saw the campaign, um, my, my, uh, my first reaction was I, I love the I love the sentiment of it. I love the idea, but it also reminded me of the Saturn campaign from the 1980s in terms of you guys were celebrating everyday people doing everyday jobs. And it was about being uh, proud of American manufactured vehicles. And particularly back then it, for Saturn, it was, it was sort of the idea, which is a, which was a general motors brand. It was sort of the idea of celebrating Americana. And it was not about, uh, of course, it was being done in a context of where Honda and Toyota were always thought as being imports. And of course, that's mm-hmm. uh, gladly not the case anymore. But there was that wonderful spirit in that campaign that I think sort of comes out in what you're doing, the sort of pride in what you do uh, that isn't that isn't celebrated an awful lot anymore. We are um, celebrating, you know, the people that make the vehicle. Right. You know, we right. are kind of saying, yes, you know, let, let's let's celebrate the, the great unknowns. So this concept that the agency developed, can you tell us a little bit about it? Can you give us a sense of kind of describe the spot that was sort of the the, uh, the launch spot for the Telluride? Yeah. And actually, we, we, we should probably talk about the context in which it was launched, too. I think that was it's probably part of also that tension because it was launched, you know, what I, I consider one of the. Uh, the ultimate displays of noise and celebrity, which is the Super Bowl. So we purposely chose to launch it, you know, on that day, and especially in context of all of that glitz and glamour. And then here's our work. And so, yeah, so cut to Kia during the Super Bowl, and then you see all of, you know, the great unknowns and these kind of, you know, and there they are talking about the, the plant in Georgia. and. Um, and, and we purposely did that too. We weren't. We decided not to spend money on celebrities, and use that money to fund a scholarship fund um, instead. So it was very purposeful. We are not famous. There are no stars in the sidewalk for us. No statues in our honor. We're just a small Georgia town of complete unknowns. The closest thing to a world stage is 81 miles away in Atlanta tonight. Our movie stardom, our football careers, 
they never took off. Because we are not known for who we are. We hope to be known for what we do. What we build. This thing we've assembled. It has a chance to be remembered. No, we are not famous. But we are incredible. make incredible things. What, what I also love also is that, you know, it, it does feel a little bit dark, but then when the Telluride, you know, cuts into frame and cuts through the mud, you know, it takes kind of like this turn. And it, it does, like you're right. Bit more optimistic, you know. There, the, it's it's worked well into the the spot. I feel it doesn't feel like this afterthought. Was this part of a bigger campaign that sort of rolled out? Because that was the that was the launch spot for the Telluride. Did the campaign sort of roll out post Super Bowl in different ways? You can that you can tell us about. Yeah, no, it, it, that was obviously the kickoff. Uh, no pun intended. And then uh, they. Uh, we had a short form documentary uh, called just a small town, uh, small Georgia town, excuse me. And then of course we had sustained work. So we also reinforced the grand unknowns and the whole give it everything kind of belief system into corporate headquarters and dealerships, as well as at the plant. Uh, we had follow up 32nd Telluride spots um, in uh, TV and digital um, and then we also uh, had uh, POP with a dealerships, uh, you know, signage, of course. Where do you see the campaign going from here? Is there, are there new expressions of, or, or has, has there been, because this, this ran in Super Bowl 2019, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. So how, how uh, has the campaign continued to evolve since this sort of anthem spot into continuing to celebrate the people at the, at the, uh, the manufacturing facility or, or has it evolved into something else as, as more of under the, the Kia umbrella versus just being a Telluride? Because uh, it, it seems like it's bigger than Telluride. It could be at least. Yeah. Well, Give It Everything is their brand promise, right? So that, that's really the, the main, the umbrella, if you will. Um, and for 2019, for Super Bowl for Telluride, we focused on the people uh, who make the vehicle. And for 2020, when we launched the Kia Seltos, um, we decided to uh, focus on the people who drive the vehicles. Uh, who give it everything. And so for that, for this year, just in February, we told the story of Josh Jacobs, who is a football player uh, that now Las Vegas Raiders, um, who happened to grow up homeless. And his give it everything story is just, it's so moving. So we focused on his story and um, ended up uh, donating a million dollars to help youth homelessness. So do you think, um, do you think the Kia will ever get involved in causes outside of the scholarship program? And it just seems that with this idea of, um, 
where are the things made for us? The kind of the question that you guys answered, I think, with with the with the idea of the car built for the rest of us. If you take that sort of for the rest of us theme, and when you look at what's going in society, going on in society, God, there are so many topics where you could be sort of advocating for either issues, subjects, or uh, services uh, for uh, our policies that could just be phenomenal from a marketing perspective if you put the sort of the weight of the Kia brand behind them. Is that, is that, is that a consideration or is that just, uh, is that less of, an, less of a core point at this, at this point in time? You know, I think, um, you know, it's, it'll shift, right? So um, what I am so incredibly proud of, of working with, with Kia is like, right now, given where we are at this point um, in the world is they just donated an additional million dollars to youth homelessness. Um, because, you know, it, here we have a group of people that can't shelter in place right? They can't wash their hands. They can't um, uh, do the things that, you know, we kind of take for granted. The car built for the rest of us is really terrific. And I could see how that can, uh, can be a brand platform that could go an awful long way. So Laura Foreman, Chief Strategy Officer, David and Goliath in Los Angeles, thank you for carving out time today. It's been great having you. Thank you so much, Fergus. I love, love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much. And we'll see everybody on the next episode.